Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. That's it? Seriously, that's it? My goodness, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Happy to take your phone calls today, 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, y'all, I I have digested the documents. I'm a good enough lawyer to be able to process these documents uh, and and listen to everyone else out there. It is remarkable uh, that even Democrats today are despondent. They thought they got the guy. And, you know, Van Jones uh, on CNN kind of sums it up. I, I worry. I mean, look, if this is the only pebble that gets thrown at Donald Trump, uh, it's a very small pebble. If it's the first pebble in an avalanche of other indictments that strike more to the heart of, I think, people's core concern about Donald Trump, which is his threat to democracy. So this is the first pebble. The next one is about the election interference in Georgia. The next one is about the, 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 the coup, the insurrection, January 6th. Uh, the next one's about him hoarding these documents and, and why. They want the drip, drip, drip. They're, they're not content with this one in large part because they've now seen the documents. Look, there's a lot to say. And I've got a lot of audio about this, but let me just cut to the chase for all of you. you you're too long, didn't read, nutshell version of this. One of the charges against Donald Trump, and I'm not making this up, this is one of the actual charges against, against Donald Trump, is that he paid too much in taxes. That's right, overpayment of taxes is a charge. They're not charging him with tax fraud, they're charging him with overpayment of taxes. They are charging him with fraud as well, but they're charging him uh, with fraud on the basis of a crime that can't lead to fraud. Let me explain this one for you. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand. Fraud is a common law crime that is then placed into statutes. Fraud is a crime that came about in the English common law system over time, and it has elements that must be proven. You have made a statement the statement is deceitful. You knowingly made the statement to cause another person to rely on it to that person's detriment. You knowingly made a deceitful statement with the intent to have another person rely on that statement to their detriment. The way they want to charge Donald Trump with fraud is to say he made internal document notations on his accounting and his books, private corporate documents that no one else saw. Even progressive lawyers in New York who do business law say you can't charge someone with fraud for this. Why? It's pretty obvious. If it's a private document no one else saw, how can it be a statement made to induce others to commit fraud. You actually do have to prove these elements to get him on fraud, and you can't prove he made a statement with the intent for another person to rely on that statement when the statement was a documentation privately in the corporation that no one else saw. It's not even a matter of you coming out and saying, well, maybe they're going to prove someone saw it. No, no, no. They're not even making the case that someone saw it. They're trying to say because he 
he essentially cooked the books internally, that's fraud. But no one saw them. In fact, what they're saying is the reason Donald Trump overpaid his taxes was to be able to cover up payments to someone else that shouldn't have been deductible. So essentially, they're saying Donald Trump treated the payment to Stormy Daniels as a tax-deductible business expense, but paid the taxes on it to the state as if it wasn't deductible. So he said it was, he claimed it as deductible, but paid the taxes on it. But somehow that commits fraud. This doesn't make any sense. Business lawyers in New York who are progressive, who hate Donald Trump, they're like, this is this is crazy. This has never been done. There's no case law on this. It's never been tried. Why would you do this against a former president? You can't meet the requirements to make a fraud case a knowing public statement designed to induce other people to their detriment to do something when the statements were private, not public, no one saw them. I've had a lot of Democrats in the last 96 hours lecture me that I must not care about justice if I don't want this Alvin Bragg indictment to go forward. And my response is, I do care about justice. Therefore, I don't think you should stretch it so far, the law so far, that it tears. A lot of the people who are hand-wringing about justice have already moved on and said, what about the next cases? That's how bad this is. Even progressives, you've got Ian Milhauser, the, the idiot kid at Vox who wrings his hands all the time about Republicans of the Supreme Court, is like, this is a bad case. The Politico was the first one to point out they're charging him with overpaying taxes. And then this is the kicker. This is the nutshell. For those of you who say this is a big deal and we should be concerned about it because of justice, how are you who cares so much about justice, you insist this be pursued, how are you okay with the district attorney saying there are underlying crimes upon which these charges are based and he refuses to reveal the underlying crime? Again, it's not made up. He says that all of these charges, these 37 counts, come because of underlying crimes that they're tied to that amount to felonies. They won't actually say what those are. They released a separate statement from the charges explaining the case, and they mention other felonies that are foundational to the case, but they won't tell us what those other felonies are. How can you charge someone in the United States of America with a crime and tell them we're not telling you the crime? You care about justice and you're going to get away with that? You're okay with that? I don't care who you are. I know some of you are desperate to get Donald Trump, but if you can't see how bad it is that the district attorney says there are underlying crimes that these are related to, but then refuses to tell us what the underlying crimes are, that is a witch hunt. Alvin Bragg says we can't normalize these sorts of things. A New York Supreme Court indictment returned by a Manhattan grand jury on 34 felony counts of falsifying business records in the first degree. Under New York state law, it is a felony to falsify business records with intent to defraud and an intent to conceal another crime. 
That is exactly what this case is about. 34 false statements made to cover up other crimes. These are felony crimes in New York State, no matter who you are. We cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. We cannot normalize serious criminal conduct. Alvin Bragg has been allowing violent felons, including murderers, to get out of prison. Alvin Bragg has allowed violent felons to go unpunished. But you got to listen to this again. You you need to, I, I, I got to play this for you again. You need to hear this. The New York Supreme Court indictment returned by a Manhattan grand jury on 34 felony counts of falsifying business records in the first degree. Under New York state law, it is a felony to falsify business records with intent to defraud and an intent to conceal another crime. Intent to conceal another crime, that's one. That is exactly what this case is about. 34 false statements made to cover up other crimes. Other crimes. He won't tell us what the other crimes are. Do you understand why that's a problem? 34 false statements designed to cover up other crimes. They asked him, what are the other crimes? He won't say that they will be proven in due course. You can't do that. Under the American criminal law system, you have to present everything to the defendant. The defendant here, Donald Trump, is going to ask for a bill of particulars, and he's probably going to say, well, it could be this crime or it could be that crime. The judge won't let him get away with that. You don't go to court to test a hypothesis with the jury when you're a prosecutor. You go to court to say, he violated this crime. That's not how it's done in the American justice system. Those of you who are Democrats who want to get Donald Trump, you're taking the bury the SOB approach to this. You can't bury him when the DA can't tell you what the actual underlying crime is. Andrew McCabe, Van Jones, Ian Milhauser, Ruth Marcus at the Washington Post. Ruth Marcus, the liberal who Donald Trump excoriated repeatedly in public. She hates him. This is her. She's the editor of the of the Washington Post. The indictment and the accompanying recitation of underlying facts offers almost nothing in the way of new evidence against Donald Trump. Which leaves open the question of whether New York state prosecutors can transmogrify this conduct into a state crime. Answer, maybe. Don't be fooled by the 34 counts. That healthy sounding number doesn't signify anything about the strength of the case. They will all rise or fall together depending on whether prosecutors' theories of the case hold up. And the theory is this. New York law makes it a crime to falsify business records. Ordinarily, that's a misdemeanor. But if the falsification is done with the intent to defraud and intent to conceal another crime, it becomes a felony. Okay, but what are the other crimes Trump is accused of covering up? The indictment doesn't say. But Bragg was asked on Tuesday and offered a few possibilities. He said they doctored, um, the doctor records violated New York election law which makes it a crime to conspire to promote a candidacy by unlawful means. But, 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 that's not well-trodden legal theory. If understood correctly, there is certain circularity to say a false statement on corporate books becomes a felony, not a misdemeanor, because state election law makes it a misdemeanor to promote a candidacy. Moreover, it's not all clear. It violates federal law. 
as Joshua Stanton, Norman Eisen, Dania Perry, and Fred Wertmacher wrote on the Just Security website, the only appellate court in New York to have considered the meaning of offense found that it applies only to New York crimes. In other words, in New York, you cannot prosecute someone for violating federal campaign finance law. The state of New York's judges and state law in New York says if a person is running for federal office, state prosecutors can't prosecute that person for violations of campaign laws. That's clear, settled law in New York State, and yet Alvin Bragg is trying it. I know Democrats want to get Donald Trump. I got it. I know multiple Democrats don't care. But do you want to burn the system down? Do you want to burn everything down just to get Donald Trump? If you burn it all down to get Donald Trump, what's left to protect you if you don't get Donald Trump? What's left to protect you from a Ron DeSantis? You can't charge Donald Trump with a series of charges related to underlying crimes that you can't articulate. You can't charge Donald Trump in New York law with anything related to federal campaign crimes. And Alvin Bragg is refusing to tell us what his actual theory of the case is other than this was to induce fraud related to underlying crimes. What are the underlying crimes? He's not telling us. That tells you everything you need to know. He's screwing this case up. There are cases Trump needs to worry about. But it's clear this isn't one. And the punchline, the next hearing on this case, isn't even going to be until December. The Democrats want to drag this out to the election. That might actually help Donald Trump, given how trumped up the charges are against him. Confession. I'm doing my show and also have the TV on across from me. I brought a TV into the studio yesterday. I don't like to have a TV in the studio uh, with the news going on because it distracts me from you. But yesterday, given everything that was happening, I needed multiple TV feeds to see what was going on and be able to narrate it for you. And, well, it's now the Masters. The Masters are on the screen, par three, and, uh, yeah. I'm going and the weather's going to suck. I mean, this is so my first time to go last time was sick. Couldn't go. Uh, now I've, I've got tickets. Charlie and I are going to go over uh, Friday afternoon, evening. We're, we're going to stay over in Augusta, be there on Saturday. And it's supposed to pour down rain the whole day. I can still eat pimento cheese and drink beer though. I rain cannot interfere with that. I can go to the gift shop. I've got a bunch of stuff I want to buy. I got a friend who wants me to get him something, so I'll get something over there for him, buy myself a lot of stuff, hide it from my wife so I don't get in trouble, and at least get to see Augusta National. I've just always wanted to see the golf course. One day, maybe play, although I'm a terrible golfer, but it would still be fun to say you played Augusta National. Nonetheless, the Masters have started. They have a couple of good days of weather before it just all goes to hell. Now, the phone number, 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program when we come back, I want to actually dive into the state of play before I do that, though, I do need to play some from Donald Trump's uh, pep rally 
at Mar-a-Lago last night. Here he is. Every single pundit and legal analyst said, there is no case. There's no case. They kept saying, there's no case. <laughs> Virtually everyone. But it's far worse than that because he knew there was no case. That's why last week he delayed for a month and then immediately took that back and threw this ridiculous indictment together. Came out today, everybody said, this is not really an indictment, there's nothing here. My lawyers came to me and they said, there's nothing here, they're not even saying what you did. The criminal is the district attorney because he illegally leaked massive amounts of grand jury information. for which he should be prosecuted, or at a minimum, he should resign. He's not wrong. God bless you all. God bless you all. And I never thought anything like this could happen in America. Never thought it could happen. The only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. And last one. Alvin Bragg's wife confirmed a report that claimed her husband has Trump nailed on felonies. She has since locked down her Twitter account. His chief prosecutor, who represented the Democrats and crooked Hillary Clinton in a firm run by Chuck Schumer's brother, Robert, he quit the firm in order to go to work in the DA office in order to get Trump. Can you imagine that? Hillary Clinton's lawyer, Democrat lawyer, Democrat firm. Ultimately, he quit as chief prosecutor because Bragg didn't think he had a case. There you go. Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago last night. The actual state of play on this law, on this litigation, and the rest of the outstanding potential indictments when we come back. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five. Should you wish to be on the program, uh, very happy to have you on the program. And as I watch the Masters in the background, gosh, it's just gorgeous there, isn't it? Okay, all right. Let's run through the state of play on what Trump faces right now. We have the case in New York City. Uh, the district attorney, Alvin Bragg, brought it in New York. Let me play you one more soundbite from Donald Trump from Mar-a-Lago last night. As it turns out, virtually everybody that has looked at this case, including rhinos and even hardcore Democrats, say there is no crime and that it should never have been brought. Never have been brought. Everybody. Even people that aren't big fans have said it. They said, this is not the right thing to do. It's an insult to our country as the world is already laughing at us. He's he's right. It is. It's a ridiculous case. The next hearing on the case in New York is not set until December. That allows a discovery process. It allows the district attorney to hand over everything to the defendant. It allows motions to be prepped. One of the um, requests from the defense will be a bill of particulars. That will be that the district attorney needs to outline his whole theory of the case. Alvin Bragg has thus far refused to say what the underlying crime is. There are 34 counts, but in his public statements, 
he says these counts are related to underlying other crimes that would be felonies in order to get these put forward. But he won't say what those felonies are. He can't advocate multiple theories of felonies. He actually has to settle on here is his theory of the case. And the defendant gets to make a motion to know what the theory of the case is. If Alvin Bragg comes forward and says it's about federal campaign finance law, it pretty rapidly, pretty clearly gets the case thrown out, I would think, because New York law, New York case precedent is pretty clear that you can't prosecute a federal candidate under state election law in New York. You've got courts have said this. New York law is pretty, pretty explicit in this. The other issue is the fraud situation. One of the things that Alvin Bragg alleges is that Donald Trump essentially cooked the corporate books to induce other people to commit fraud, but also says there or, or does not say other people saw the books. If no one else saw the books, if Alvin Bragg can't prove that people actually got to examine the corporate books of the Trump organization before making decisions, they can't actually prove fraud because you have to have a public statement that induces other people to make a decision knowing that your public statement was deceptive. If no one saw the books, you can't have fraud. So that goes away. So what is the underlying crime? This is why, as Donald Trump rightly said at Mar-a-Lago last night, even his critics, even a lot of Democrats say this is a bad case. It's a very, very weak case. A lot of what Alvin Bragg is alleging is stuff no prosecutor has ever attempted to do. Uh, For example, the uh, private corporate records rules in New York. If you screw up your private corporate records and get caught, it's a misdemeanor. What Alvin Bragg is attempting to do is argue that it is fraud because other people were induced into certain behaviors. But there's no evidence, and he does not even try to make a claim that anyone saw those public records. So, again, really, really weak situation here for Alvin Bragg. This potentially helps Donald Trump. It makes him look like the victim of an abusive prosecutor. All that being said, there are two other cases that we know of. One, of course, is the case uh, in Georgia involving the election, involving the um, involving intimidation of Brad Raffensperger and other issues potentially. And that case, we don't know where it is. The state of play we know thus far is that Donald Trump's team has filed a motion to throw it out based on the performance of the uh, forewoman of the grand jury and her TV statements made it very clear this looked like it was a partisan case. It looked like it was launched partisanly. We know Fannie Willis, the DA, is a Democratic partisan who fundraised for Democrats. So the Trump team wants to throw it out. The odds are it's not going to, but the grand jury in Georgia potentially can't do anything until the underlying special grand jury situation is resolved. So the grand jury can't indict anyone while there's a motion pending to throw out the special grand jury report. Once that's resolved, we'll see where it goes. There is a rumor in Georgia among the lawyers within Fulton County. So Fulton County, Georgia is Atlanta proper. 
the northern part of Fulton County is highly Republican. And there's a rumor among lawyers in Fulton County who are familiar with the inner workings of the district attorney's office that the DA and the grand jury may be waiting to see what Jack Smith does. Jack Smith is the federal prosecutor who is looking at the Mar-a-Lago situation. Let's step back and and view this just logically and rationally without all the emotions so many people want to put into it. You got to have money to prosecute Trump. So you're thinking, well, these people are on the county payroll already. Their taxes have already come through. Uh, as their taxes have come through and their salaries have come through and the county budget has been made, it's kind of a fixed cost. It's already contemplated by the county. Uh, they're not being billed by the hour, so the county's not going to go bankrupt. That's not really the way these things work. So the county would have to hire outside experts who bill exorbitant fees. They would have to cover their travel costs. They would have to cover the documentary production costs for the defendant, which will be voluminous and outrageous, the number of documents. They'll have to fly in witnesses. They'll have to cover the costs of court reporters and depositions. They will have to cover any outside lawyers who have to help them staff up because you've got a fixed number of assistant district attorneys inside the Fulton DA's office, and they've got other cases. They can't all just look at Donald Trump. You've got crimes and other issues. You've got civil issues as well within Fulton County. So they may have to hire outside counsel. If they hire outside counsel, those people bill by the hour. So suddenly the costs go up and up and up and up and up and up and up. At that point, it becomes a strain and burden on the county. As it becomes a strain and burden on the county, the county has to look for resources to cover the costs. One of those resources is increasing taxes in Fulton County. Do the people of Fulton County really want to pay more in taxes to prosecute Donald Trump? Do the people in North Fulton County want to pay more taxes? Really? Or they could go to the legislature and see if the state will help them. Do you really think a state run by Republicans is going to fund excess money to Fulton County to prosecute a Republican presidential candidate? Really? All of that leads Fulton County lawyers who are familiar with the process to believe that uh, what may be going on here is a slow walking of this to see what Jack Smith does. Jack Smith is the federal prosecutor. Jack Smith is looking into claims Donald Trump knowingly kept classified documents in contravention of federal law. It is a more substantive case than a lot of us, frankly, myself, would like to acknowledge. It seems kind of dumb. I don't think Donald Trump had a malicious intent to keep these documents. A lot of Democrats immediately jumped at the, oh, he's going to sell them to Russia or China or North Korea. I don't think that's it. I think Donald Trump thought these are his documents. He was president and he was going to take them. And if he wanted to say they were classified, declassified by God, he's president, he can do that. This is one of the, the ongoing problems that Donald Trump never seemed to recognize when he was president. And it's one a lot of people might have. It's a common misconception. If you're president, you snap your finger and you say, this is what I want, and it is so. Donald Trump lost multiple court cases before the Supreme Court 
on that theory that because he was president and he could do X, Y, and Z, therefore he was going to do X, Y, and Z, and there was nothing anyone could do to stop him. And John Roberts in these cases, whether it was the census case or the Muslim travel ban case or issues with uh, DACA at the border, John Roberts in each of these cases said, you get to do these things, Mr. President, but there's a procedure you have to follow. And Donald Trump repeatedly in the DACA case, in the Muslim travel ban case, uh, in um, several of the other cases that were rather the census case, Donald Trump never followed the procedure. He, he got to the end game without actually following the procedure. The ends justified the means to Trump. But what the Supreme Court said repeatedly was, no, that's not how this works. You can do this. You can add these questions to the census. You can get rid of the DACA program. You can impose the Muslim travel ban. You can do these things, but there's a step-by-step procedure the president has to do in order to do what he wants. You know the outcome. Just follow the procedure to get there. Trump didn't do it. He got those things thrown out. The same is true with the classified documents. Donald Trump could declassify these documents as president of the United States, but there was a process by which he had to go through in order to declassify them, and it doesn't appear he did it. His argument is that as president, he got to say they're not classified, and therefore they have become declassified. This is what Jack Smith is investigating. Uh, That and all the documents, the security camera footage of did Trump look at the documents, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know where that stands. Uh, The left, of course, is irrational at this point in any case that even tangentially might get Trump. They're like, it's a legitimate good case. It's the best case ever. Not exactly true. So um, the result will be we will see where these two cases go. There's an overarching issue here, however. The overarching issue is this. Can Donald Trump run for president of the United States if he's indicted in New York and Fulton County, Georgia and Washington, D.C. or West Palm Beach, if they go down there where he is? Can Donald Trump pursue a case and a campaign at the same time? Can Donald Trump defend himself and fundraise and travel and do the stump speeches and glad hand with the voters? Or do these cases altogether weigh him down in some way? Now, now, if you want to get partisan about this, if I were a Democrat, what I would be pushing behind the scenes is for Trump to be indicted everywhere and on all things. If this is about stopping Donald Trump, you want Donald Trump to be indicted everywhere and so bogged down with trials and defense and staying out of jail that he can't mount a campaign for president. But I don't think that's what the Democrats really want, is it? I think the Democrats want Donald Trump to be the Republican nominee. And as a result, they'll wait until he gets the nomination to pursue these these cases. They don't want to stop Donald Trump. All of the the rhetoric from the Democrats about oh it's the um, it's authoritarianism and we're setting up a dictatorship and all that's just rhetoric that plays to the 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 base of the Democratic Party and their fears. The major Democrats don't actually believe that. It's the stuff they say on MSNBC to get money and fundraise, but they don't really believe this stuff. What they believe is that independent voters rejected Donald Trump in 2018, 2020, and 2022, 
Independent voters in 2022 went with the incumbent in the White House for the first time since 2002, even though the economy sucks because they're tired of Trump and stolen election BS, which, by the way, Donald Trump went back to last night. And so if Trump is the nominee for the GOP, Joe Biden wins. That's the Democratic theory of the case. So they do not want to bring these other charges out until after Trump's the nominee. And we may see them slow walk until they get there and get what they want, unless Republican voters go a different way and don't give Donald Trump the Republican nomination. And if they don't, interesting, oddly, ironically enough, probably all the legal troubles go away too. The legal troubles might go away like the bad odors go away if you fire up an Eden Pure Thunderstorm. It wipes out odors, litter box odors, pet odors, cigar odors, smoke odors, cooking odors, musty odors. I travel with mine when I go places because it will wipe out bad odors, and it's not that big. You can hold it in your hand, plug it into the wall or plug it into a USB cord within a car. It also is an air purifier, so it gets rid of dust and pollen and the like. You wipe it out. It's got electrostatic plates. You don't have a filter subscription. You can get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com. EdenPureDeals.com. You'll see a discount code box on the front page of that site. You put in Eric, E-R-I-C-K, at EdenPureDeals.com. You get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms, one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your basement or your RV, wherever you need it. Go to EdenPureDeals.com today. Put Eric in on the front page of that website. Get you three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than $200. You're saving $200, and you get free shipping at EdenPureDeals.com. Adam Svensson and Sergio Garcia leading the Par 3 contest at the Masters right now. You can subscribe to my email. You should if you text DATA to 33777. I had to send out two pieces this morning because on Holy Week, I actually try to focus on the more important topic, which is eternity, uh, than the raw politics of the day, just as a way to focus myself and my listeners and readers. And then, of course, on Friday, the Good Friday show, which we will do here, uh, Tim Keller, um, Stephen Gadsbury, and Jason Dees will be joining me on the program. And I hope you'll be with me on Friday for that. Um I got to tell you guys a a funny story at my expense. Um, I do my Good Friday show every year. I put a lot of care into it, and I totally got sideways on time and planning. And so I was at my office last night putting together. I had to pre-record some interviews uh, for it, and I didn't get home until 1230. Well, We've got we use this company called Owen Security in out of Atlanta, Owen Security, and they have something called a virtual security guard. I don't have the money to pay for a security guard to be at my house, and we've had issues. Owen Security has something called a virtual security guard, and so we install these cameras around our house, and at certain times of the night uh, and day, I won't tell you when our schedule is, but we have them set so that if someone comes in the yard. Well, then Owen Security, their camera system fires up. They get an alert that someone's in the yard, and they, we've got bullhorns, and they can talk to the person and tell the person to get out of the yard or they're calling the cops or whatever. Well, last night, I totally – I'm never out that late anymore, and I forgot to turn the system off before I pulled into the driveway. So I pull in the driveway, open the garage door, go straight inside. I don't even pay attention. I could hear the noise in the backyard and didn't even think of what it was. Like 10 minutes later, there are cops everywhere. (laughs) So 
I they called me. Owen Security called me, and my phone was dead. I, I had not charged it. Uh, flat out dead. Didn't I just assume my phone was was like in like silent mode? It was dead as a doornail. Didn't even realize it until after the cops showed up. So they had been trying to call me. My phone is completely dead. Cops are outside. They're in the yard. They've got flashlights in the windows to see what's going on. And I'm like, I'm get my clothes on and, and go down the hall. And there's this nice deputy on the front porch shining lights in the windows. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I completely forgot to turn the system off. And I'm sure they've tried to call. And I realized now my phone is dead. They were very, very nice. <laughs> the first time they always are. I was so embarrassed. I will tell you. Uh, worth its weight in gold though. And it's just, it, it's, we have cameras there on all sides of the house and they can tell the difference between an animal, if it's a deer or a possum or you name it, um, and a human being. And boy, they saw me and, uh, it was red alert, all hands on deck and police showed up at the house right away. <laughs> they got me. Um, next time I'll make sure I turn it off. Lesson learned. My goodness. When we come back, we got to get into some raw politics with the Republicans.